All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm going to pour myself another bourbon. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Silence to follow means that there's no Brian Chesko. It's just Dave and I today. Which Unfortunately for everyone. In the minute-by-minute analytics of this podcast episode, it will show that after one minute, everybody switched it off because Brian Chesko is not here. That's a fact. But Dave, we were going we're gonna to do our best anyway. Of Last course. week, we did not have a show. It, this has probably been, and I, I think I'm going to speak for you a little bit, but I think this is accurate to say this has been the hardest season for this podcast to do a weekly it's, show. It's been difficult. Been whether, very difficult. Whether work or sickness or the COVID or, yeah. you know, just or whatever, family, mm-hmm. deaths, unfortunately, or sicknesses. It just, it does. It, it seems to really, it, it feels like it's testing our guile. It really this, is. This season, Scott. And this has, uh, you know, the, this last week has brought, you know, bad news for our podcast, but, you know, we're not going to go into specifics, but. Uh, it, it is impacting our ability to do a show. That's why there was no show last week, uh, and that's why it's just Dave and I this week. But uh, we're going to press on. We're going to do everything we can to entertain you as we lead up to game week seven. It is almost October, Dave. Yes, it is. October matches are the next matches. We're six game weeks in. We're going to talk a little bit about game week five, what we would have said on an episode if we had done it last week, but we're going to focus on the matches that just happened. Game week six, it is Monday night as we're recording, and uh, and we'll see what comes of it. Scott, before we dive into anything else, I want to talk a little bit of nonsense. Okay. I know that when the big tennis tournaments come up, I know you watch them very closely. I that That's a, a fun hobby. I guess this is like our second job, sort of, but watching Premier League matches. But when you're not watching Premier League matches, mm-hmm. watching big tennis tournaments. Mm-hmm. For me, and it's not often, but when the Ryder Cup and President's Cup comes around every year around this time, especially Ryder Cup and golf, I am heavily invested. Two weekends ago, I was in North Carolina with a good group of buddies, 24, and this podcast all-star listener A.A. Ron Aaron all-star listener Aaron on my team and if anyone is familiar if you watch this weekend uh, the Ryder Cup U.S. demolished Europe sorry uh, all-star listener Barry things happened it was not Europe's year as I'm sure you were rooting on the Irish but the USA for those of you who weren't paying attention won 19 to 9 unprecedented uh, record win completely demolishing Europe, and I loved every bit of it. Got my son into it. We're watching it. We're rooting and cheering on putts. We're talking strategy. 
It was absolutely fantastic. This is all on the heels of me coming off my own personal Ryder Cup, where, as previously mentioned, uh, All-Star listener Aaron was with me, along with All-Star listener Billy. And uh, Billy was the opposing team's captain. He and I were, were dueling captains. Hmm. The whole tournament, three-day tournament, uh, after multiple, many matches, came down to the last group, the last pairing. It, it involved All-Star listener Aaron playing against another friend of mine, All-Star listener Aaron, to make a long story even longer, had to hit a 15-foot putt. And that putt would have tied his match. Now, he was down four holes with five to play. Wow. And so Aaron had to hit a 15-foot bending putt to to have the match. And what that meant was the teams have all the points, but because my team won the prior year, we get to retain the cup. Right. Aaron hits his putt, and I have it on video. I've seen it. Anyone DM me. It's absolutely amazing. The ball's halfway there. He decides to – he knows it's going in. He turns around starts raising his hand as the ball is epically still tracking towards – and then it almost misses. It sits on the side lip of the cup and just kind of falls in. And we win. I went nuts. Yes, it was alcohol-induced nuts, (laughs) pandemonium. But it was absolutely epic. And uh, a weekend I will never forget. And then, anyway, so following that up with the Ryder Cup, I got all the golf out of me. I'm ready for to just strictly focus on Premier League football and fantasy Premier League for the rest of the season, Scott. Nice. Let's, let's do this. All right. Sounds good. Well, as we mentioned, in the absence of Brian, uh, we're going to go through the matches in game week six. I, I have... I have a thought from every match, basically. Okay. It'll be brief, I promise. It won't be painful to listen to. All right. But I also have a new segment I'm going to introduce to this podcast. And based on how I feel uh, about the season so far, it might be a weekly segment. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of big. I love that. I don't. I don't know what how this is going to go. I love. I love new segments. I love new weekly segments. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Yep. It's okay. going to be called Scott's Big Regret. <laughs> okay. So are we changing this out with Scott's stat of the day, or this is in addition to? No, I've, okay. I've, got, I've got one of those, too. Okay, good. And good. then, of course, we're going to give you an Arsenal moment. Oh, uh, undoubtedly. <laughs> undoubtedly. Uh, also, listener Diane, if you thought we weren't going to have an, uh, an Arsenal moment, you were sorely, and, sorely mistaken. And yet I am going to rub this result in your face a little bit because as good as it was for Arsenal, it also shows how wrong you are about Nuno and Spurs. Maybe. We'll, we'll uh, I, might, I might have to uh, – we might have to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, let's get on with this, shall we? As Brian would say, let's do something about FPL something. Well, the most transferred in player for game week six was Mikhail Antonio, okay. West Ham. Yeah. So let's start there. Mikhail Antonio had a had a big game. Dude, that guy, he saved it till the end, Scott. Mm-hmm. He saved it to the end. Uh, a few people in our mini league triple captained. I did. Uh, yeah. Also, our listener Andrew and Diane yeah. both triple captained. I think they were colluding together. Well, they a were. Of, on a little bit Slack of collusion in the, in the it's Slack, in writing. Slack sponsor us, which is interesting. <laughs> We've been saying Slack sponsor us for a while, and yet I see them this past weekend on FPL match, or no, on the Ryder Cup matches. Ah. 
advertisements for Slack. So Slack is sponsoring. I felt it worthy of sponsoring the Ryder Cup, not us yet, which is a little disappointing. We have some Slack. We work toward. We we push you out there all the time. At <laughs> least you can do. It's is true. Sponsor us. Did you happen to see Antonio's elbow on Melier? I did not see that. Half? Did not see that. Oh man, it's so funny. Uh, goal goes in in part because Melier spills the ball, and, and it leads to a hammer's goal. And they count it as a goal, and then it goes to VAR, and they, they look, rescind it, right? And they realize, oh, okay, I guess we missed the fact that Mikhail Antonio used his massive arm and slammed it into Melier's face. He drew blood on Melier's wow. lip. Wow! Wow! They had wow! They stop the match and change Melier's shirt. You know what's funny is you mentioned you know tennis. Briefly, as you were leading into yeah. the Ryder Cup, yeah, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but no sport has brought itself into the 21st century faster than and better than tennis. We're now at a place with tennis where not only do we have Hawkeye to make sure that we get the line calls right, yeah, but they've even gotten rid of the humans entirely now. COVID led tennis to get rid right? of the human beings calling. I kind of like I kind of like someone going. You know, calling it out, and then the, someone the disagreeing, the with, someone strategy. disagreeing with it. Like I kind of like that challenge. System. That little bit of awkwardness nope. and confrontation. It's auto. It's a human voice recorded that says "out" when Hawkeye registers that a call is out. Okay. Like it or not, it is bringing tennis into the 21st century for sure. 100 percent for sure. And I do like that. I also say, coming off the golf. Mm-hmm. The improvements in technology that golf has made, where oh, it where it shows great. you yes. the track of the ball yes. with, the, with the blue yep. line, so you actually because normally normally they hit it, you and no somehow idea. the camera guy. You remember like ten years ago, that camera guy would somehow like you just see a white uh, like a white sky, a white overcast yep. sky. Somehow the camera guy's like tracking it in. Not anymore, man. I you mean, the yes, line of it. the camera guy might still do that, but. You yep. get the blue tracker line. Yep. Not, and then they had the 3D views of the greens that show you all the slopes on it it's where true. normally you can't pick it up. Golf has been able to do that. And, and, but you're right. Tennis has been the first. And honestly, football, uh, American football, world football can both – you know, the Hawkeye system is pretty good. Absolutely. I don't understand how uh, – this is another topic for another day. But the NFL, it is so imprecise – if you actually think about where the ball gets spotted after each play, yeah. it's not spotted where the ball Never. is at the end. Like, For sure. There's so much variation. I, I have to believe someone has done a scientific study and how much variation in yards over the course of an entire game after each play actually exists. It's got to be more than we well, think. Well, I, I just think that – Put a chip in the ball. everyone has just accepted the fact that Refs are just going to no. kind of genuinely put it there. Yeah, but you know what? Like, and it's going to work so. out for both I, teams. We're going even baseball. They are we are of just we are less than a handful of years away, Dave, from we're, getting rid of no balls home and strikes. Umpire. Yes, it's going to be the box. They're, they've already tested it out the last couple of years in the minor leagues, and they've perfected it. Yeah, I was reading an well, article. Well, it makes sense. It completely makes sense. Absolutely, everyone has seen umpires make horrible calls. Do you want to see the imp calls done wrong when it's balls no, and I'm, strikes, I'm or complete, do you want to see it right? No, I. Balls and strikes, I'd, I'd rather see it right. So all of this is leading to the fact that you have three refer- – re- I say referees. Uh, you have a referee on the pitch and two assistant referees roaming the, the sidelines, touch lines. None of them see that Antonio slams his elbow into Melier's face. It takes VAR to do it. It takes replay to do it. 
I don't think there is is as worthless an official in all of sports as the assistant referee. As or the fourth official. <laughs> that, well, I, you I, know, as I you're agree. saying this, I, I hold totally up agree. the number four. But, but he, and I'm he thinking do you're, anything. I'm thinking you're going to say the fourth he official. He's always been worthless. He isn't. He's all he's there to be is a punching bag for the manager. Well, he's and that's, a, that's no, known. Well, he's a spare. In case the, the central rapper sure. or the linesman goes Someone's got to hold the little handheld, and, right? Yeah, I they guess gotta, someone has to hold the, the number. Why are we still doing that? I know. Who needs to hold an actual number I know. up? I know. Just sub on. Whoever wants no. to sub on, sub Dave, on and sub assistant on. Assistant referees make an impact. They make calls that impact a match. And I get it. There's you know the majority of the time they get it right. I'm sorry. There's no worthless official in any of sports. Uh, more worthless than an assistant referee. And it, it showed here. But, hey, uh, Michael Antonio was my captain. And I surely, uh, I would have loved, you know, an assist on the elbow, but uh, or whatever scored, it was. He scored eight, but he got eight, and and he was one of the few bright spots in my lineup. Look, let's talk about it. Antonio real quick. Uh, his first three matches almost set a record: 13, 16, 11. That probably is actually a record for the fantasy scores in the first three weeks of the season. Pretty close. Then he got the red card against Southampton, got a negative one. He sat out United, and he comes back and he, uh, against Leeds and. And he leaves it late, but scores an eight. So, you know, in his four games, they for the most part that he's played, he has given you returns. And you're all not upset. I, I don't understand why everyone's not owning him. I don't fault All Star listener Diane and All Star listener Andrew for captain triple captaining Antonio this no. weekend. No, and they felt pretty good about a twenty four on the triple captain. For sure, you got a return on triple captain. I don't think I've ever gotten a return on triple captain. <laughs> right. So any return on a triple captain would yes. be amazing. Uh, absolutely. Well, let's move from the most transferred in and Mc- Mikael Antonio to the most captained. It is shocking, though. Real quick. Okay. Last thing on Antonio. Sure. His ownership was already way up there, and then I guess the red card people sold him. They did. And then they brought him back. Remember, I said two weeks ago he was already almost a million transfers out. And all those million people just took crazy negatives to bring him back. That's the only thing I can figure. Anyways, it's got to be. You're absolutely right. On. All right. All right. So the most captain was Cristiano Ronaldo. West Ham, not West Ham. I don't get that. Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Manchester United. Manchester United did not have a great result losing here to Aston Villa. What. I don't get that captain. A couple that of captaining weeks. Ronaldo. They were at home. Well, if you're going to bring in Villa. Ronaldo, you're going to captain. You're going to be tempted with the captain. No, that's fine. I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah, it is I, weird I was too. hopeful for as I as a Ronaldo owner. I was hopeful for him to do something, but for whatever reason, I didn't even consider him and Pogba this for week captains. for a captain and and or Shaw. I had Shaw. I don't now. I sold Shaw yesterday. Uh, it was between Antonio and Salah for me, and I went Salah. Salah got me a seven. Antonio would have, would have been an eight. Technically, it's fine. Yeah. I'll take the seven from Salah. I hit on a captain, so it's fine. To me, not to uh, – well, let's let's pause on Cristiano Ronaldo because there's a lot I want to say about him. Uh, I've got two weeks' worth of content on Cristiano oh, Ronaldo boy, here. Oh, boy, Scott. But to me, the obvious captain, or dare I even say it, captain obvious, is Mo Salah and continues to be captain obvious in FPL. Your brother, brother Matt, a longtime you know person we've mentioned on this podcast, the the original listener of the this original podcast, listener. That's fair. Uh, you know, he made the comment, "Mo's going to be my captain every week." Period. Like I'm going to have to reason to come off of Mo Salah as my captain. I'm not thinking about anybody else, even Mikael Antonio. And, and, and I get it until Afcon gets here. 
I totally get right? it. Right? Just yeah. keep rolling. Now, keep Liverpool, rolling obviously disappointing in defense uh, at Brentford. 3-3 result there. But you don't want to go to the, the, the Hive, The Brentford Scott. Community Stadium. The corporate you do not want to go to the Hive, where the bee, <laughs> home of the bees. No, it's tough. It's uh, tough. As Arsenal, all well to knows, that's not even good English. No, it's fine. Uh, we all know what you mean. Uh, Captain Obvious is definitely Mo Salah. But, you know, that's that's not what happened in game week six. It was Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, Dave, I felt really, I felt something really interesting last week as I was watching the matches in game week five. This okay. is something that, the only thing that I really had wished we had potted about uh, so that I could talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Manchester United goes to West Ham. And they defeat the Hammers 2-1. to one. Right. Lots of drama in this one, right? What I think might have gotten lost on everyone except me, because I have a, a reputation at stake when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo on this podcast. You I do. Think, I think listeners this season know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I definitely know. I'm watching this match, and, and I believe Ronaldo scored. He scored in this match uh, yeah. against West Ham in, in game week five. But there were three calls or non-calls late in the match all of them were non-calls and Ronaldo could not believe any of them were non-calls and I'm watching this and I'm just smiling and I'm thinking oh welcome back this is what I had said this was what was gonna happen it's it's going in this direction there were three non-calls and then all of a sudden West Ham draws the late penalty, and you think, oh, my. Three non-calls on Ronaldo. West Ham get the late penalty. Mark Noble's brought in off the bench just to take the penalty as the last kick of the game, and it gets blocked. Unbelievable. Unbelievable finish to that match. Unbelievable drama. Three amazing points for Manchester United. But I looked at that, and I thought, Oh, boy, here we go. Cristiano Ronaldo begins. Now we go into game week six, and he's the most captain player in the game week in all of FPL. And there's a penalty, which, by the way, let's not get too far into game week six. Prior to this match, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in the news because he took a shot at Jurgen Klopp, basically accusing Klopp of influencing the referees by making a comment last year at how many penalties Manchester United were getting, right? Okay. And he calls out Klopp and says, we haven't gotten anything since, since, since a certain manager complained about this. Wow. Now they get a penalty late in this match in game week six. What do you know? Maybe Ole saying something got him this penalty call. I don't actually believe any of this is true. I believe that Ole helped get this penalty late in this match just as much as Klopp helped them not get penalties earlier this season. But what happens, Scott, when they get the penalty late in this match? Bruno takes it. Which, by the way... I was watching and this. And why would Bruno take it? Because Bruno's the guy. He's been the guy taking the penalties. Apparently, even the presence of Cristiano Ronaldo did not take the ball out of Bruno's hands when the next penalty was 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 going to be uh, was going to be called, was going to arrive for the club. So sure enough, Bruno takes it. But did you did you watch this? Because Emiliano Martinez, your boy, yeah, was taunting he, Ronaldo. He is brilliant. He taunted Ronaldo. I, I want that guy to be my friend. So Why don't bad. you take the ball and kick this penalty? I you mean, do this. He just he, he reverse psychology Bruno. Bruno, absolutely. He <laughs> he knew at that point they were pot committed. He knew Ronaldo wasn't going to step up to hit it, right? But the stones of Martinez, because he knows his per, his percent chance of 
blocking this, regardless of who kicks it, is 10%. Sure. Yeah. So he knows he's probably going to lose this. But this mental gymnastics that, that Emiliano Martinez was playing in the minds of Bruno Fernandez when he looked at Ronaldo and said, what, you're not going to take it? You scared? And then Bruno now all of a sudden has his added pressure because Ronaldo's not taking the kick. Right. So now I have to score, and he skies it over. Oh, my god! Martinez should have pulled his pants down and just shown his rear end and mooned the entire United team. That would have been the appropriate response to what happened. And he should have just said, just kiss it. Bend over and kiss it. I own you guys. So, yeah, he is living rent-free in United's head, and I cannot wait till they play again. And, my gosh, if another penalty is given, (laughs) the drama will be absolutely amazing. No matter who is scheduled to take that penalty, Emiliano Martinez is my boy. I will – I need – I love Emiliano Martinez T-shirt. Well, this was the first non-return in three matches for Cristiano Ronaldo. Mostly because he didn't take this penalty. It's a yeah. loss for United. They had they stole two and, points. And I wonder. I wonder if he's going to not take anymore. Just It's going to be interesting. Uh, the next penalty? Yeah, it'll I, be, it'll I, be Ronaldo's. I wonder who's going to take the next it'll penalty. It'll be Ronaldo's for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, they stole two points from the Hammers, and they ended up losing three. You know, they, they ended up not getting a point. Right. Because that would have given them a point. Right. Uh, here against Aston Villa. Meanwhile, the most captain player gives you nothing, which is probably a big reason. Uh, alongside what I'm going to talk about next, uh, that the average score was 43 points low. in game week six. It's low. Anything else on United before we move on? I sold Shaw. I'm I'm tired of me too waiting for him to do something. Me too. I sold Shaw. Um, Who did you? Pick, I had pick two. Up? I had banked two transfers. So once nice. the week started, and I it was the the famed Scott Wild Card Week Seven coming up here, mm. as uh, all the pundits would call it. Yeah. And everyone's moving to Chelsea. I did move to two Chelsea defenders. With Reese James going down, I felt a little bit more confident bringing in Christensen. He's the cheapest way into that backfield. And so I did that. So I brought in Christensen. And I um, I brought in Alonzo, getting rid of Dina and Shaw. Dina got me five this week against Norwich, but he has just been a thorn in my side. Sure. And I would have gotten rid of him last week if he wasn't playing Norwich. Right. Uh, so I decided to keep him one more week. He still couldn't give me six points. He still got a freaking yellow, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I saw him get a late yellow, and I'm like, you stupid. God <laughs> bless. You can't even give me six points when I'm about to sell you. So I feel pretty good about bringing in Alonzo and Christensen. I know there is some talk about, hey, what's going to happen midweek? Champions League. Is that going to affect Marcus Alonzo yeah. playing? Is it going to affect Christensen? I don't know. Yeah. I have enough players on my team, so it's not going to affect it. Everyone plays at the moment except for Daniel Amarty and Lester. And who knows, he might start playing. Lester's sucked since he has not been in the lineup. So mm-hmm. uh, that which is very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the one transfer, Scott, I have not made and I want to make, not that anyone cares, and we'll get to them when we get to them, <laughs> okay. is um, I'd like to make a move, get out of the Sanchez business uh, and, of Brighton and get into the Aaron Ramsdale business. Yeah, I know that some people think it's too soon. Not me, not with Arsenal's schedule upcoming, not with the health of the team, not with the back four, uh, along with Partey being healthy, protecting Ramsdale. And if anyone didn't see Ramsdale save this past weekend, uh, it was the save of the week. And his reaction, yeah. his reaction after oh, the save. I love, I love the fire in that kid. Oh, yeah. He's I love it. it. I love it. He definitely has it. Uh, the other reason why the average score was only 43 points, uh, you didn't get a whole lot from 
Chelsea or City. No, there weren't a ton of goals this week. No, Chelsea nil, City won. Uh, was it Bernardo Silva that scored the goals? Jesus. 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 Right. Somehow, right. it maybe one of the most amazing goals of the week. Jesus got the ball in the box, completely surrounded by Chelsea defenders. Just three defenders around him. Somehow, with his Cleared back turned, he was able to generate. I, I don't even want to say space, Scott. It was like there's a, a little deflection a on quarter it. space. Yeah. Got a shot in towards goal that wasn't wicked fast, wasn't clean, and somehow he got through three guys, and and it went in. Yep. It was not clean. It was not a pretty Andy goal. He was flat-footed. It, completely off balance. Yeah, yeah, it was not a pretty goal, but he it got it was the, the job game, done. It was the game winner. Uh, and and Jesus is a player that we have promoted uh, and talked about. It. You know, if you want to get into the city business, Jesus has been a player who potentially could do that for you, but. The big takeaway for me in this match is what I am using as Scott's stat of the day. Scott, by the way, Jesus, the third highest scoring forward at the moment. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've we've gotten this one right. He's got he's got a one, which he didn't start against the first game of the season against Spurs. 11-12-2-2, and then an eight. If you're gonna go City, that's not a bad place to go. No, absolutely. And like there's I a said. lot of City players. A lot of people are staying away from. For sure. Absolutely. Did you hear me say that? You I'm, were starting into a stat of the day? I am, yes. Okay. Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Scott's stat of the day. This is going to be awkward because Brian's not here to guess, so <laughs> I automatically win. You win or lose. <laughs> or lose. <laughs> I magically got really close two weeks ago. In fact, you I pretty did. much got it two you weeks did. ago. Scott's stat of the day is the number. It's not really a number. It's zero. Zero. This coming from the Chelsea. This is probably the shots on target Chelsea had in the second half. Uh, how about the entire match? No. Yes. I, that, you're very that, close that, again that for the second. That counts as a win. That might as well be a win. A row, you're very close. Wow. It is the number of shots on goal for Chelsea in this match. Zero. Nothing. Lukaku owners. Not even. A, not even a sniff wow, of a chance. Not even a sniff of a. Kind of a boring game. Uh, yeah, but and it City, started the weekend. City dominated it. Chelsea, they did. They held at, the ball. They did. Tuchel was so furious, in part because they couldn't do anything. Did Tuchel get outmanaged here? <sighs> Tuchel committed to. I feel like both managers kind of dug in. I, I feel like Pep probably spent more time on this game than any because Chelsea owned him. Remember, yes, they they beat him in the Champions League. So if there was a game that Pep was gonna be ready for, and maybe we should have seen this coming. It was going to be this Chelsea match. Is it possible? Like, we, Tuchel played a predictable lineup, which we don't, uh, since he joined Chelsea, we haven't been able to say that. He, he hasn't been predictable with his lineups. This is a pretty predictable lineup. This was a back, you know, three center backs with, you know, wing backs, two defensive midfielders. And, you know, we talked about this after Chelsea drew at Anfield. Right. About how you know they have all these defensive players, but they're so talented that they can turn that into offense pretty quickly. I think Tuchel might—I don't know if he was outmanaged—but I think Pep was ready for it. I think City was ready for it, and they just smothered Chelsea's ability to turn defense into offense, and that meant City held the ball, what, and that what, meant that Chelsea didn't have any chances in their own in the City half. What's the one thing that Pep's wanted with City? Since he's been there, he wants a Champions League title. <laughs> sure. Right? He yeah. finally gets to the title match. Chelsea's there. Sure. Tuchel, Tuchel beats him pretty good. Yeah. So, again, 
we probably should have seen this coming. If there was going to be a game that City was absolutely going to be prepared for, Pep probably spent the entire summer preparing and watching <laughs> that Chelsea film from that Champions League Maybe. match to be ready Maybe. for this game. They were absolutely ready. They made Chelsea look silly, so much so they did not register a shot on target. With this Chelsea team, that is a crazy stat, Scott. It absolutely is. As a Liverpool fan, I'm okay with the timing of all of this because they've, you know, it was well documented throughout the weekend that Chelsea uh, City were playing at Chelsea. Now they're about to play at PSG in the Champions League, and then they play at Liverpool next weekend, game week seven. It's a tough week. And so Liverpool's at the end of this. Yep. Yeah, you it's do the best like time this. To, it's the best time to Here's play. Here's the City thing, though: they're going to roll into PSG, and because it's a group stage, I don't, honestly I don't think they're going to care much. Mm. They're going to care a little bit, not much, because it's just a group stage. They're going to them and PSG will move on from that group. Yeah, I think they'll have their eye on Liverpool. A little right. bit more than PSG. We'll see. But I hear you. The other big match on paper was, of course, the North London Derby. Come on, you boys! And as everyone likes to say after these NLDs, North London is red this week. North London is absolutely freaking red. It's back to being red. Uh, Dave, this was a dominant first half performance that led to a 3-1 win. Yeah, and I hated that they let Sun get a goal. Uh, it felt like a a mercy, hmm. a mercy let hmm. is what it felt like. They dominated Spurs. This was full Arsenal. Look, I saw the lineups, uh, and I said on Slack, uh, the one thing that concerns me is Xhaka, uh, well. and, and I really liked the Spurs lineup. Uh, there was nothing about Spurs lineup I did not like. But once the game started, Scott, maybe it's the fans back. Maybe it's Arsenal being back at home. Maybe it's the fact that this is the first time that, that Ramsdale, that like Arteta had all his guys. That's exactly right. Full, full squad right? for Arsenal. Yep. Yep. Arsenal had their guys in there, in quotes. Uh, the defense, in my opinion, hasn't looked this good in a wicked long time, maybe 10 years, in my opinion, with Tomiyasu, Tierney, Ben White, and Gabrielle. It's been a long, 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 long time since – like it was Kieran Gibbs and Bakari Sanya at, at right and left back. Let's not get too obscure here, Dave. No, I, it's crazy. So uh, Ramsdale, guys, and I know, Scott, and it's fair, I've never questioned you questioning him because he came from, you know, where was he before Sheffield? I don't even know if the only there was a way. But he was at Sheffield. Bournemouth. He was at Bournemouth. When they got he, relegated. Then he was at Sheffield. Yep, they got they got relegated. relegated. And now all of a sudden, Arsenal spending he more fell money up on to him. Arsenal. Yep. He did, and you know what, Scott? Like, I, I and I told you this before. Before I'd seen him play much, uh, Arteta committed to him in the Burnley match. He started over Leno in the first Premier League match, kind of letting everybody know. And and then especially starting this match, he started the North London derby. That means okay, that Ramsdale's the new number one. Yeah, he is. He showed it. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, other than the Sun goal, and granted they were winning. Um, he is uh, all the the other four games he's played. They've been shutouts. Now it's been against lesser competition. Fair enough. Spurs did not play well. Did they? Did, was oh. it Spurs that did not play well, or was it Arsenal that made? Them I was look going like to that? ask you this question: Which is more likely to be true in your opinion? I'm going to give you my answer when you're done. Was Arsenal this? Is Arsenal this good, or are Spurs this bad? This is a great, great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I've seen good right. Spurs Whoa. this season. Brian, welcome to the pod this oh, week. Oh, wow. Good call. Okay. Very funny, Scott. Uh, 
That's fair. It's a fair point. Pick one. I think this. Go with your heart. No, it's both. It's both. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to stick with both. Okay. I wanted Arsenal to come out in the second half and just smash them 6 nothing. But as I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? This never happens. Anytime a, a team goes up on, on, on a rival or whatever, it's not that they pull the, pull the foot off the gas, but you almost get to halftime. You're like, okay, we didn't really expect that. Spurs came out feckless. They came out heartless. They weren't challenging except for Hoybier. And uh, Scott, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking Scott was just so right about Harry Kane. Oh. And that is absolutely uh, – did you say this during the match or someone else that they they should have already sold? Like, he shouldn't be there at this point. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it literally is this hanging cloud over the club. Yeah, it is. And so – I know you kind of got on me about Nuno earlier, mm-hmm. but because of this cloud, I feel like I need a little bit of an asterisk by my Nuno comment because of this. <laughs> well, because of this cloud, you know it's going to be interesting. So I have lots of thoughts on this, and, and Arsenal getting the win deserves all of the credit. You know, they deserve all the credit, all the mention. Watching Mikel Arteta celebrate every goal was incredible. That you just saw how much this meant after right. every goal went in, and and let's not let's also remember this. This is really big for them because where do they start the season? Last. Getting getting hammered by Brentford, zero points after three matches. Getting hammered by place. Chelsea, getting hammered by City. Yeah. So after three matches, they're last in the league. Last, yep. and guess who? After three matches, was in first place. Spurs. The Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, so and now three you, matches later. And then three matches later. You've leaped Oh, out. how the tides have turned, <laughs> you stupid Spurs. Yeah, but you're both. Now you have a cancer in your locker uh, room. You're both mid-table. But uh, but you're ahead of Spurs. But we are it. ahead of them. Yep, yep. We are on the up. All they right. are on the down. So let's talk about this Spurs team because you know Harry Kane played a full 90 in game week three. It was that squeaker, the accidental sun goal, only goal of the match defeating Watford at home. As you just mentioned, you know, nine points from three matches leading into the first international break. All looks good. Oh, and you know, Harry Kane played his first full 90. You know, right. we're going to take a good team. We're going to make them better. That was literally what you said. Right. <laughs> Coming, Nuno's a great manager. This is what get, what's going to happen. If it is possible, Harry Kane is going to make Daniel Levy regret not selling him in the summer. Wow. Unlike any non-sale I've ever seen. Yeah. And of course, it would be a non-sale uh, by Daniel Levy that would create issues for Spurs, right? It's just the, so what's fitting. the Spursiest thing that oh, the Spurs can do so is Spursy. not sell Kane it's so true. and let it rot the locker room. That's absolutely the right. The best thing that Daniel Levy could have done is keep Harry Kane. Well, if you're, for, an, if Arsenal you're an Arsenal fan, fan. For sure. I mean, call it what you want. Going through the motions... You know, half-assing through matches, whatever. Give give it a name. Harry Something Kane, is there, Scott. There's a problem. I'm not. Look, I'll say this: uh, on the third goal that Arsenal had, Kane had this weird wobble, fall down, loses the ball on the top of Arsenal box. To his credit, hustles back, and he's the one that stumbles and falls mm-hmm. and knee slides in front of Saka, but allows Saka to keep the ball. Yep. And then score. To his credit, he hustled back. But that just that whole play encapsulated where where his form is. Well, that at the and moment. the fact that he had a miss just after the hour mark, 
when you couple, he had one really good shot that barely skimmed the post. Yep. and normally he probably puts that in. Yep. If you couple that with Sun's late goal, you've got a match for sure. You've got a match for sure. But of course, it was a miss, and and so here we are. I along with the Ramsdale save of the week. Sure. Right. Sure. Like that easily could go in. You're you're a couple of plays going against you away from feeling like you've lost three points in this in this North London. If Darby. that would have turned out to be a draw, yeah, that would have been a bad draw. It would have been killer for Arsenal oh, season. Brutal. With that said, no one's really thinking about that. But when you think about Spurs, you 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 are thinking about how you know this is not good. Now a lot of you know, as a Liverpool fan, I've Scott, seen. Scott, it got worse after the game. Oh yeah. Nuno not doing interviews. He didn't. There were some interviews that he skipped. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he's clearly not happy. Him also saying, and Brian's always spot on with these, so I'm going to try to do my Brian role sure, here. Yeah. Nuno saying that the players, uh, that some of their planning could have been better, but some of their plans weren't carried out. Well, so kind this, of, t- kind of yeah. taking a shot at the players. Oh, that's always a bad. That's a, that's like step two out of five to getting the sack, right? Yeah. Now here's the thing, though. I was, this is what I was about to say. As a Liverpool fan, you know, people like to post these these images every so often of Jurgen Klopp's first Liverpool lineup and then compare it to his current Liverpool lineup. Totally true. Right. For I have sure. a feeling like. It's hard to say right now, and who knows what Spurs are going to look like in five years and whether Nuno will still be a part right. of it. I, but you look at Spurs' lineup right now, I don't think they have more than three Premier League caliber players in their starting 11. No, I truly Scott. don't. No. I truly don't. If you're going to take, listen, if you're going to take a team and start over from scratch, how many Spurs players are you picking for your squad? You're not picking Delhi. I'm sorry, you're not. You're not picking this Harry Kane. You're picking, uh, you're I'm picking taking, Lucas I'm Moura. taking Regulon. Regulon one. Loris. No. 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 He's that Premier League goalkeeper? He is a head case. Think about all of the think about all of I the don't mistakes remember. he makes. Oh, he makes a handful of mistakes every year. All right. Absolutely. Re- Regulon, not. Son, Kane. No. You're not you're not playing Harry Kane. Son. Scott, hold on. Hold on. Son. He's in bad form. There's no doubt he's in bad form, and yes, the circumstances, but if he goes to any team in the Premier League, he starts, period. So that actually is my last point about Spurs. Nuno's job is not to win with Harry Kane. It's to win, period. And this is the classic... Irony. I don't. Irony is not the right word. Alanis Morissette would be so proud right now. Mm. But but this is like the classic dilemma in sports. You have a star in Harry Kane, England's number one. You know, lots of goals, uh, lots of records broken with those goals, and yet he's not in form. And not only that, he doesn't want to be there. It's very clear. I don't have to know the man right now. I can see it in his performance. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play for Spurs right now. And yet there's this pressure, like. Who's going to bench Harry Kane? Because if you bench Harry Kane no. and you lose, well, you lost because you benched Harry Kane, right? But should Nuno bench Harry Kane? Maybe. Is it going to cost him his job if he doesn't? No, it shouldn't. Look, I still like Nuno as a manager. I think he's walked into a very unfortunate situation. We knew that from day one. He was the fifth choice. Maybe. Maybe less. Maybe. But he, he got the job. He's still a good choice. 
I, I still think he's a good choice. I think he needs to sit Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane needs to train on a different pitch away from the rest of the you team. You would feel completely different about Nuno if they would have sold Harry Kane, which is not Nuno's fault in the summer. It was Daniel Levy's fault. And then they respent that money. Yes. You would, you I would agree. feel completely different because Nuno could have then gotten more of, in quote, his guys in I there. I totally agree. Right? I totally agree. But now that he's stuck with him, it's his job to well, deal with him. Well, stuck until January. It's his job to deal with him. And it might be too late by but January. But even then, in January, you can't spend – you can never spend a bunch of money. January is like fill the fill the holes. It's true. The holes in the wall. Yeah, Daniel Levy's patched the boat Left over bit. another manager again. I don't – there's no way he sends Nuno up the river with, uh, this, <laughs> with, with what he's created. I don't know. Let's move on. We've been I, on this too I, long. I disagree. I think Nuno needs to separate Kane. Think, think about the Spurs team that beat City in game week one. I, Let's get back to good things here. Yes, you're right. I honestly, I hear that, and I chant, and, and, and you're right. And that's that was the the you know early on Spurs feeling that I had when I gave my opinion on where they were was before Harry Kane came back and before, when the, the transfer window was still open. Scott, tell me about Arsenal. What did you see? I mean, look, there's fantasy relevant guys in this lineup, and let's let's bring it back to that. I feel like most of their defenders going forward are going to be relevant. I think Saka, my look, brother Matt stuck with Smith Rowe, finally reaps the benefits this weekend. Yeah, I sold him in my wild card. As did I. I, I had him early, but I had to get rid of him. I, I moved moved away from him just because I, I, I felt like I had to. And Arsenal, the first three, three weeks, again, I'm, I was on this pod saying I, I wouldn't want anyone from that team. Now, looking at their, their form – their good mojo, Scott, that's going on, coming, you know, hooker by crook, whether it's, you know, we can justify whether it's Wimbledon or whether it's mm. whether it's Burnley or Norwich or bad Spurs. Arsenal continues to whip some <laughs> And I'm just wondering, going, there's nothing in their schedule in the next six games that scares you. So Aaron Ramsdale, yeah, 4-5, bring him in. Sure. Uh, ben White, Tierney, you want to get crazy uh. and you want to go with – I don't like a single defender. I like Ramsdale. I know that that's you know funny. second to TAA up up until this week, and I haven't seen updated stats up until this week. Who created the second most big chances of any defender in the league? And it would be Kieran Tierney in second to TAA. I think it's more likely that he gets hurt next week than that he creates the second most big chances. Ben White at a four four because his prices dropped. That's crazy. Wow. A lot of people went straight to if him. If you're wild carding in week seven, uh, it's, wor- it's worth a go. And That's then, And then Tomoyasu at a 4-5. Gabrielle's at a 5-0. Tierney's 4-9, so it's a little bit more expensive. But if you're trying to cut you know, and, and have some lower price guys, Arsenal does not have any, any European play. Obviously, it's documented, so they're just focusing on the Premier League. Next six weeks, it won't surprise me if they have – four clean sheets out of the next six weeks. And if that's the case, then you need to own Arsenal defenders and or Ramsdale. Look at the schedule. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Very good. I think we should uh, move on to uh, the new segment, Scott's Big Regret. Scott, tell me about your now big regret this week. Yeah, this week my one big regret is the fact that after six game weeks, I have yet to own... Ismail Sar of Watford for a single match. This is the same Sar who started the season with nine fantasy points, and then after a trio of twos, 
He's now had a 15 and a 9 against Norwich and Newcastle. Now, Watford's schedule, when you look at it, it looks, as you as you told me pre-pod, it looks bloody. That's according to the color-coded chart that Brian loves to mock, and rightfully so. Listen, we mock the color-coded chart, but yet it's kind of right. No, I don't think it is. Not, not in Ismail Asar's case. I brought him in, and I don't care what the chart looks like. November, admittedly, I don't love the matchups as of right now. However, in October, despite the fact that there are two red matchups in the month of October, I'm only really a little concerned about one, and that's just because I'm a homer. You should be concerned about the Arsenal match. <laughs> that's not until They're November. Not They're not... It's not until November. Oh, okay. The next four matchups are Leeds, Liverpool, Everton, and Southampton. I'm maybe a little concerned about Liverpool, but this is a leaky Liverpool at the moment. And so I brought Saar in on a negative four, and I'm not worried about it at all. Wow. I think he's you don't do take negative Leeds. fours often. No, and you know what's interesting about this? So my, my double move was to go from Luke Shaw and Ferran Torres okay. to Antonio Rudiger and Ismail Assar. It's a good move. Both in great form. Chelsea, again, we've already talked about their defense moving into the next weeks for Chelsea is great. I Again, I think I already said it, made two moves, got rid of Shaw and Dina. So both of us kicking Shaw to the curb. Yeah. And then bringing, bringing in, in Chelsea, in defender. Chelsea defenders, yeah. Almost like for like Rudiger, as of right now, is a tenth more. Probably going to be more than that by the end. Of I think the week. Rudiger was going up tonight. So that was my one big regret. And Dave, I have done something about it. Ismail Assar is now in my lineup. Okay, very good. But that leads me into a brief discussion on the Southampton Wolves match. The Southampton, the storyline coming out of Southampton Wolves is the fact that Raúl scored. Big moment. Raúl gets his first goal Massive since coming moment. back. Great it was great. It, it was the most composed goal I've seen in the box this season. <laughs> Is that was, fair? Well, yeah, that's fair. It was it, a good most goal. Most composed goal in the box. A lot of motions got making guys miss. It's true. And he scores. Yeah. That will happen during a season. Up Composure until this moment, is a good word I for it. I don't remember it yep. happening. No, it's true. But here's the storyline that came out of this match for me, and this is very personal, but it reiterates a point that we've been discussing since the start of the season. Okay. The importance of your bench. This is true. For the second week in a row, I had multiple players come off my bench and into my squad because of players not playing in my starting lineup. Yeah. Whether it was because of rotation or injury, it doesn't matter. COVID hasn't been a major issue, as we were concerned that it might be. No, it, it still hasn't. could be. Could. But rotation and injury is still a thing, and it will always be a thing. You need to have at least two or and three players available to come in off of your four-player bench. For the second week in a row, I had that. For me, I came into that Southampton Wolves match, which was the starting match, the first match on Sunday in this game week. Yeah. I came into that match knowing that that was going to be a big match for me because I had two two defend, two players not play and Livramento of Southampton and, Co- and Connor Cody of Wolves were in the first two spots of my bench. Okay. And so for me, nil-nil would have been the best result. For sure. But, you know, Raul gets the goal here and that's perfectly fine. But I say all that to say your bench is just as important as it's ever been. Yeah. And unfortunately for you, you did not get Connor Cody. I know. You I thought got you might. Yeah. It's true. Thank you for uh, kicking me while I'm down. <laughs> hey, uh, do what I can. All right. Uh, I will say that the other point we've made is to diversify. And I was a big, I, you know, I was really big on diversifying. I think I had something like 11 different clubs. Oh, wow. Players uh, in my squad okay. coming off my wild card. In game week seven, my starting 11 will consist of four clubs. Jeez, players. Scott. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, Liverpool. I'm even more, uh, you know, diverse than that. I do have two Brighton guys. I got two Chelsea guys, and I have two United guys and two Liverpools. My so. entire four-man bench will consist of four different clubs, so it's still eight total. But my starting eleven will consist of players from Chelsea, Liverpool, West Ham, and Watford. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Yep, I'm not worried about it. Watford uh, is at Leeds. Not a scary situation at all there. Liverpool is hosting Manchester City. Obviously, I'm probably not going to captain either of my Liverpool players. West Ham's hosting Brentford. There's going to be goals in that match. And then um, Chelsea's hosting Southampton. This is where good Chelsea schedule truly begins, right? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not worried about game week seven. Because you got Mount too, right? I do. I do. Okay. And he should be healthy, hopefully. So I'm 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 feeling okay. I I need four good results to go my way. Well, are you concerned that Mount might not play? Mm, yeah. I mean Chelsea's got a lot of guys. But I got and a bench. The, and, and they got a midweek. But Dave, I've got a bench. Okay, fair enough. Damari Gray is ready to come in from Everton off hey, my bench. And there's by the way, multiple good plays in the five six range. Damari Gray. Yep. I don't know his exact price. I I feel like he's in that area. Of five of a, seven ish, okay, yeah, some, somewhere in there. Uh, five, he's seven. five eight now. Decore, yeah. who scored again, which we'll talk about. I don't know. Did you have a moment to bring him up, or should we just? Uh, go we're going to go there next. Okay. This is my this was my transition, Dave. This right. is, I am not I'm new screwing to podcast this up. hosting. Screwing this up right I now. I know how to do segues, Dave. Multiple guys in the five six range that I would love to suggest. So here's what's interesting about Everton. Everything for them right now is in the midfield. You don't want a forward. DCL, Richarlison, neither played in this match. Correct. You just talked about selling Dina out of the Everton defense business. And we've been joking about Jordan Pickford's arms for years. Mm. And so it's really all about Everton midfielder. And if you think about it, you know, Andrews Townsend scored a penalty goal here. I would never have picked him to be the PK taker. Well, he'll be the next one. Wow. Unless Richarlison's back. He scored back, that with authority. Or DCL. He did yeah. great. Yeah. Third choice behind those two forwards, but he did a great job. Uh, you know, Damari Gray gets the assist on the Decore goal. We've talked about both Decore and Gray. Here's what's interesting about that goal, and I had a thought, and I wonder if you would agree or disagree with okay. me. Gray gets the assist on the Decore goal. Here's why I'm okay with Damari Gray into the perpetual future of this season over Decore. I know that you'd rather have goal points than assist points, but I think in game week 14, Damari Gray is still going to be getting that assist but Decore will not be the one getting that goal. Maybe, Scott. I will say this. Damari Gray has three goals on the season. He has one assist. That was his first assist. Decore currently has two goals and three assists. So technically the stats say, early season stats. This was an anomaly. If we care about them, that this might be an anomaly. Look, my knock on Decore and – you, you would say the same. It's always be streaky. Yes. I'm going to go through his scores. 8, 4, 3, 10, 2, 11. Okay, so he's he's been in, in four of the six matches, he's given you something. The, uh, no doubt. Can't deny that. And Will I, it this be doesn't the same seem, for the next six? I think so. Remember, before in the past, we're used to seeing him play for Watford. <laughs> he played for Everton last year. Rafa's there now, probably mm-hmm. maybe having a little bit different effect on him, a little different role. 100%. Decoré's probably matured a little bit. I just wonder if this isn't more the Abdullah Decoré that we should probably expect. I'm Listen, at, at, at a 5'6", I have Gallagher. 
And yeah, I got a I got a a return from him this past week as well. But man, I, like if I could do it all over again, maybe I should have gone to Corey. And Gallagher's been fine. I'm not gonna go if I were a wild card and I had to pick a five six guy, I would go with the Corey over Gallagher. Hmm. Interesting. And obviously, but I really like Gallagher. Uh, got the penalty uh, in the box today that Wilfred Zaha was able to punch home and uh, create uh, late-game drama in a seemingly meaningless Crystal Palace-Brighton match. Oh, Dave, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to – I'm going to disagree with you Well, again. it wasn't. It turned out not to be well, seemingly an amazing finish. I mean, sure. He left it later than Antonio. Uh, Neil Mope did. What a finish to this match. But, Dave, Brighton, if they had gotten the win – Well, you, you know where the blame fully rests is Sanchez – Sanchez takes a goal kick with 50 seconds left in the match. And it's not a high boomer that people have to fight for in the air. Mm -hmm. It barely goes past midfield. Mm -hmm. And it's more of all on a line drive. Veltman one one touches it in the air up to Mope, who has a run on the Palace defenders, who then not only does does Sanchez kick the goal kick, but he's out of goalkeeper position when the ball is on him and Malpe chips him and the ball goes in. Yeah. Sanchez screwed that for everyone who owns him. Thank you, Sanchez. <laughs> I hate you. Well, I was <laughs> regardless of all of that, <laughs> you mentioned Gallagher. Uh, if Brighton had gotten three points in this match, which, you know, Gallagher's assist, you know, drawing the penalty, right. which Wilf Saha scores, obviously prevents that and ends in a draw. If Brighton had gotten three points, they'd be heading into October first in the table. I was watching this match fully rooting for Brighton so that they would be first place in the table going into the month of October. Now, as it stands, they're in that five-way tie for second place on 13 points right. instead. Uh, I'm going to read their schedule here. At uh, oh, Burnley, that, no at doubt. Burnley, home Watford. No doubt. So Watford, a promoted club. Home Everton, at Brentford, promoted club. Home Leicester, a faltering Leicester. And then at Palace should have gotten relegated Palace. So, look, no yes, doubt. no stats, doubt. points are points, Scott. Yep, we cannot take that away from oh, them. And when it comes to getting to that magical number forty in the table, you'll take the thirteen points heading into in the, October for sure. No There's matter no, who the opponents are, no doubt about it. Norwich is looking at Brighton and saying, mm, "Wish we could have some of those. We're going to need them later, right?" No Even doubt. Though Norwich has had almost the opposite of Brighton's schedule. Yeah. But Brighton will take their 13 points. I'm not saying Brighton are title contenders, Dave. I just was rooting for the storyline of Brighton in first in October. How great would that have been? That's fine, but it means nothing. But that's fine. It's symbolic. That's fine. Come on. Come on. Go with me here. All right. All right. Fantasy half point. It's been a while since I've done my honorary, meaningless. I almost forgot we were doing that. Fantasy half point. I I love this. But when I was watching Lester 2, Burnley 2, it just struck me. I have to give my half point this week to Jamie Vardy. Did he score every goal in the match? Just about. He scored three out of the four. The half point specifically, though, is for scoring into both goals. I think there's a special kind of bonus point that's out there somewhere, even if it's invisible, for players who manage to score in both goals in a match. And I'm not talking about you score in both halves. Yeah. I'm talking about legitimately you scored for each team. Yeah. Jamie Vardy did that here. When I saw the Jamie Vardy own goal, because that was the first goal in the match, I'm like, that's weird. Normally it's a defender (laughs) That you see it, right? 
Well, it looked like on. he forgot he was on defense. I mean, it was a beautiful headed ball into the goal <laughs> on a corner kick. Scott, he, who knows? He might have. He might, he's Jamie Vardy. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> he might have been amped up, Vardy. I tell you, there was a lot of a lot of trash talking uh, in this match between Leicester and Burnley as Vardy couldn't uh, help himself from running his mouth as he was scoring goals. <laughs> Three out of the four goals. Oh, that sounds like Jamie Vardy for sure. Dave, anything else from the game week before we go into the FPL America Podcast League standings? No, I, I just look. There's a lot of people that might be wild carding. I, I still you just have did another. You just did another Brian thing. Yeah, I know. I, you I said just, no, but let me go ahead and answer it as a yes anyway. Well, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I have my wild card. I don't feel like I need to. I, I want to wait till I feel like I need to. I don't hate my team. I'm okay with my team and where we, where we are. I don't feel like I need to hit a refresh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was able to make two transfers this week, bring in two Chelsea defenders. That's going to give me a new feel. I'm considering taking a minus four to bring in Ramsdale as opposed to Sanchez. Arsenal, Ironically, Arsenal plays Brighton this week. So in that <clears throat> The Ben but, White Derby. And I think that the Ben White Derby, it's interesting. I didn't think about that. Uh, Brighton's playing at home, so I I just wonder if Arsenal doesn't come in and and just I don't know just really lay the wood. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, for those who don't pay attention to Arsenal, you're not gonna notice. I think that they got some really good mojo going, sure and do. I think that um, they they are gonna go on a win streak here. They might win six in a row. So I know that sounds crazy. I was anyway. So look, <laughs> I would say get in the Chelsea. Defender business, get in the Liverpool defender business, get in the City defender business. If you look at the top of the defender scoring, that's that's where they all are. There's money to be had. Plenty. Do you know who the number one scoring defender is right now in FPL? It's Cancelo, right? It is, it's Cancelo. So that's sort of surprising because you it thought is. that he was a subject to be Pep Roulette, but he wouldn't be there if he was subjugated to Pep Roulette. And then the other thing is this. For those people who are wildcarding who want to go after Lukaku and Ronaldo – there are plenty of five, six guys that you can round your midfield out and feel really good about. Yep. Gallagher, Saar, Decore, Damari Gray. Yep. And honestly, there's probably a few others. Ben Rama. Ben Rama's a six five. Hey, listen, two weeks ago we we highlighted, you and Brian highlighted how you can have Lukaku, Ronaldo, Sala, and still have a decent competitive team. Yep. Absolutely true. So again, what I would just say is when you put your team together. Make sure that, uh, that that everyone plays. I uh, real quick, I'm happy that Tony has started showing up for Brentford. His last four weeks, six, two, twelve, and five. So as someone who's owned Tony from the beginning, and this is rare, I don't usually stick with someone when I'm losing money on them, Scott. I stuck with him, and I've played him the last four weeks. I've gotten the Tony points. Good for you. So I've been yeah, I've been pretty happy about that, even though he's dropped two tenths. People have sold the crap out of him uh, trying to get to pre- Dennis probably. His ownership's now dropped to 4.5, which is fine. I get it because people are trying to go to Lukaku and Ronaldo. By the way, just learn this tonight. It's Cristiano Ronaldo Dos Santos. Did you know that? Don't know. Don't care. I know. He's a Dos Santos. There's a lot of Dos Santoses. It's, Dos Santos is almost like Smith hmm. in uh, in certain certain cultures and he's a dos santos i just thought that that was interesting 
Okay. Not that anyone cares. Christian Smith. Got it. Scott, who are you captaining this week? Romelu Lukaku, home against Southampton. Just in case he doesn't play, my vice is on Mikhail Antonio against Brentford. I am captaining not Salah this week. It might be Antonio home Brentford. Yeah. I don't want to captain a guy at Brentford. You, I feel like at Brentford. Well, they gave up three goals to Liverpool. They I mean, did. Most scored. That's, that's technically, I did. I did do Mo. that. I did do that. Currently, Scott, this might come as a shock, and I and I will probably change this. But my current captain is Marcus Alonso, home to Southampton. I get it. You love a defensive captain. That in your heart, you really do. That could be fun. You, you especially have with Alonso. Alonso's a crazy guy. He, he is, he's a crazy guy. But he, you need a vice because Chilwell might play instead of him. He might. He might. My my vice, uh, currently it's on Ronaldo, okay. home to Everton. All right. I think uh, him not getting the, the PK, and uh, it, he went a game without scoring, so he's going to be hungry, okay. Scott. All right. He's going to be ready to score. Good. He can get all the penalty goals That's, that's where my vice is at the moment. <laughs> the top scoring player, and forgive me, whoever it was in game week five, we didn't do a pod last week, and I – Every time I thought about looking it up before oh, the table man. reset, game, game week, week five six, person got shafted. They did because every time I thought about it, I was away from my computer. And Look, my phone. It, listener, D, DM us. If you we, know, we, we will mention. Yeah, if, if you, you know, know that you were the high scorer in week out. five in the FPL America podcast but hey, league, honor system. If I get four DMs about, oh this, for sure, then don't. I, then you're all. I don't know what I'll do. Thank you for listening anyway. Besides. <laughs> Sorry, you're a liar, we'll but thanks we'll for listening. We'll mention all four. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, but in this case, it was, uh, once again, the top scorer is now the new first place uh, person. Coming off that triple captain of Mikhail Antonio, all-star listener Diane is in first. Diane's leading the league? She is tied with Nirvana State, the ever-present Michael. They are in a two-way tie for first. I cannot believe this. Congratulations, League Diane, at least something good happened because your Spurs got absolutely pooped on this past week thanks to the Arsenal London in, North London is red. All right. Uh, she had... Unbelievable! Saar, Joda, and Salah all give returns in wow. the midfield. And uh, Jose Sa was her starting goalkeeper. Got the assist. 14 Jose points. Sa, right? Yes. We did not points. go through the dream team got today. Bonus, got bonus points. Bonus points, assist points, clean sheet points is what she got from Saw. Wow. Scott, what does her defense look like? Run through that real quick. Well, it's good, but it wasn't good this game week. Okay. Uh, Veltman got her seven okay. today. Wow. Uh, and then TAA and Shaw also played in her defense. Ben White was on her bench. Oh, she didn't get the Ben White points. No. Nope. Well, actually, they wouldn't have been there because Sun, Sun took those away. So yeah, he had two. So, so yeah. Congratulations, she, League Diane. It was the triple captain um, of Antonio that, wow. that did it, though, for sure. Slack contributor. Yep. Uh, podcast. Podcast all-star listener. Thank you so much, Diane. Well done, League Diane. Yep. And uh, no doubt we get an assist in this, right? I feel like we should. Yeah. She won't give it to us, though. No. No. <laughs> She's going to – she might She might pour a drink and – Mention on Instagram, like, here, here you go, Scott and Dave. There you go. It's to you. Toast to you. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. That's about all we're going to get. All right. Well, listen, Scott, uh, I'm 
pumped for this next week. Unfortunately, after this next week, we'll have an international break because no, we love those drama. so much. Can't wait for that yeah. to see what happens with that. I will consider wild carding, although I, I think I strategically used my two transfers this week very well. But we will see what happens. Hopefully, we have to have we will we hope to have Brian back with us next week. We will see how things go. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.